This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael, and our question today, Pastor Michael, is this. How do you explain the Trinity to young children or adults, especially so that they can understand it and accept it by faith? Yeah, before we answer this, um, this is pretty exciting. This question comes from Danielle in Kentucky. And uh, what we don't often tell our audience is where these questions come from. And, um, you know, our, our goal is to serve the Village Church. Um, we've had questions come from Florida, from Texas, from California, from Michigan. It's been kind of neat to it's see very neat. Yeah, the reach of, of a podcast. It goes far beyond, you know, our community. And so um, we are just really excited about that. So, Danielle, thanks for turning this in. And, and so let's start off with just a little bit of a framework of the Trinity, because some of our listeners um, may not have had these categories neatly developed for them. And then we'll give, I think, what will be a helpful answer. And so, I mean, the first thing that you should know is that the word Trinity is not found in the Bible. That shouldn't scare you or concern you. Um, It is a word that theologians made up um, to try to give verbiage to something that is very difficult and hard to understand. And so the early church, um, the first uh, couple hundred years, fought um, to find clarity in how to describe the Trinity. And uh, there's this short little phrase that summarizes um, really most of what is essential about the Trinity. And the Trinity, the phrase about this is simple. It's um, God is one God in three persons. One God in three persons. And so we have basically four prerequisites for someone to understand the Trinity correctly. Now, as you know, the Trinity is infinitely complex. Very so complex. I'm trying to break it down to the most simple things. If I were going to try to help one of my kids understand this, I would say, hey, there's four things you need to know about the Trinity. Um, the Trinity ha- is one. Mm-hmm. One God. There's not multiple gods. There's one God. The each person in the Trinity is fully God. So we have oneness, number one. Number two, we have deity. Um, the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, fully God. Right. Um, number three, personhood. They are each have personality. They are each persons, if you will. Um, and then number four, they have distinct roles. So oneness, deity, personhood, roles. These four things, um, we have to figure out how to communicate these to kids, maybe not all at once, but as we develop their understanding of God, they need to understand there is one God in three persons. Um, each of these persons are fully God and have distinct roles. And despite the fact that there's three persons, there's one God. And you can see why many people have a hard time with this. I mean, this is not easy to understand. Um, And so we know that there's one God. Each member of the Trinity has a different role. The Father is the leader. The Son is the um, executor. The Holy Spirit is the sustainer. Those are one of the the simplest ways Mm -hmm. to articulate their roles. And of course, right, it's never as simple as one word, (laughs) right? Um, But that's a good way to all to understand it. Um, and the father, as the leader, right, tells the son and the spirit what to do. And the son does whatever the father says to do. And the spirit submits to the father and the son. I mean, it sounds complicated, but it's actually not. If we had an org chart, it'd be mm-hmm. you know fairly simple to draw out. So there are some analogies that people um, with great intentions love to share with kids. And here's the problem with analogies in a kid's mind. Um, as adults, we understand every analogy and metaphor breaks down to a degree, somewhere along the line. But to a kid, they're super duper 
literal. Yes, they take everything literally. Yes. And so with great intention, we um, parents and adults and children's teachers were like, God is like water. And the water can be a vapor, it can be a liquid, or it can be a solid. Well, that sort of helps to understand how one God and three persons. But here's a problem. Um, if a kid thinks too literally about that, like I did when I was mm-hmm. little, they could fall into what's called modalism. And that God is not um, always coexisting as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but he changes modes. Mm-hmm. So people will say in the Old Testament, his mode was Father. Um, in the Gospels, when Jesus was on earth, God changed his mode and became the Son. And in the, we'll say, the New Covenant era, he changed his mode and became Spirit. Well, that's not true. No, um, God has always eternally preexisted simultaneously as Father, Son, and Spirit. All three persons, all three roles. All, all the, the time. time. All the time. So that water analogy ends up breaking down. And although we have good intentions, it doesn't really quite work. Um, some people have used the analogy of an egg. Um, you have the yolk, the white, and the shell. Mm-hmm. And so you have one egg in three substances. But here's the problem. Each substance is not fully an egg. I know right. this sounds ludicrous, but this is like um, how I think kids can start thinking super literally about it. And so, you know, here's a question for you, Tim. If you just have an egg white, is an egg white an egg? Not wholly. Not wholly not, an egg. Not completely. Right. But the Holy Spirit is fully God. Absolutely. And so if you have an egg shell, will somebody look at that shell and say that's an egg? Well, no, they'll say that's an egg shell. It's a shell. And so the point being that these analogies start to break down. Another one is that it's like a man who is simultaneously a father, a son, and a husband. And so the problem with this one is that um, this one person is playing three different roles, but it's not three different persons. Right. And so everything just breaks down mm-hmm. at some point. And so I'll share you know, what I tell my kids and other kids. And Tim, you were a children's pastor for a very long time, and mm-hmm. I'm going to let you close it out with what do you tell kids to help them understand the nature of the Trinity? So here's what I say. I'll look at them and I say, all right, at the least, you know, I'll look at my seven-year-old and say, um, you have a spirit, and you have a body. Mm -hmm. So what happens, sweetie, when somebody dies? Well, that spirit or soul or whatever you want to call it leaves. And when you have just a dead person, right, that is a body without the animation of the soul. Right. And so my daughter can look at that and say, interesting, there is something spiritual about a human being, and it's complex. It's hard. And if you were to look at my spirit, if you could quantify that somehow, you would say, that's Michael. But if you could Mm -hmm. look at my body, you would say, well, that's Michael. But it doesn't really work until they're all together. So already we know that humans, we humans, are complicated. Mm -hmm. We're very complicated. And that there is a spiritual aspect to us and a physical aspect to us. And that we, when the two converge, we are as we were created to be. So anybody, nobody will say this, can really understand that. It's a mystery. We know Mm -hmm. it's there because we see it. We see dead people and we see like, wow, that's what happens when the spiritual side of a person is not animating their physical body. How much more complicated and impossible to understand would be the God of the universe who created that? That's right. Here's a simple universal rule. Um, Typically, whatever creates something is more complicated than that which it creates. (laughs) Right. How much more complicated is God's nature than humanity's? probably infinitely more complex. So I want to, when I talk to my kids, I want them to know two things. I don't want to simplify it as if God is understandable. I want them to leave this and say, 
God is so huge and mm-hmm. bigger than I am and incomprehensible and yet personal. Amen. And so somehow when we describe the Trinity to kids, we have to leave them in awe of God as transcendent and impossible to understand and yet deeply personal, as personal, or if not more, than a dad to his son or daughter. Mm-hmm. What say you, Tim? Michael, I could not agree with you more in the way you were explaining that. I have taught children about the Trinity in several different churches over several years. And I just struggle, too, with using the analogy of the ice or the water or the vapor or using the analogy of the egg. Those analogies break down, and kids are so literal that it just becomes convoluted to them, and it just complicates what the Scripture teaches. So just what I've found is the best thing to do is just teach what Scripture says. Teach them the passages of Scripture that clearly show that God the Father is fully God, God the Son is fully God, God the Holy Spirit is fully God, and that teaching them that the Bible says that this is complicated, is it hard to understand? Mm, it's hard for us to comprehend, but for a child, they can understand this because they understand how things are complex and far more complicated than they might be able to grasp at one time. Mm-hmm. And they're okay with that. And so teaching the teaching new believers or people that are just searching about spiritual truth, what the Bible clearly says about who God is, that he's one God in three persons, that he is transcendent, that he is personable, it gives us a, a, pure, a picture of God and gives us an understanding that God is a person and a God who should be in awe mm. and yet loves us so deeply. Oh, it's just, it's the greatest thing to teach. Yeah, and I, th- <clears throat> I think some of us are trying as parents to answer questions our kids aren't asking yet. Yes. And we don't need to hypercomplicate this. On the same level, it's okay if we cannot explain the Trinity in one teaching session. That's why it's called faith. It's called faith, and it takes time to build a disciple, a kid disciple, you know? And so what I would say is pace yourself. Teach one thing at a time. How many gods are there? There's one One God. God, you know? How is that God understood? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And uh, you just so you take time with them and you unravel this. And so um, one of the, I think, best things to do is your kids get older in pre-adolescence and adolescence. That's when they're going to start really challenging and needing to understand the why. And Tim, I'll bring it right back to what you said. No human being will ever be able to understand the nature of God. Not at all. And so we trust by faith and we believe that it's infinitely more complicated than our finite minds could mm-hmm. possibly understand. And that's okay. Even if the smartest person on the planet could meet God and have a discussion with him for two hours, that person would still come back and be like, one God, three persons eternally coexistent. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> don't even understand how to like bring this together because my brain can't wrap my head around it. So um, I would just say to most parents, um, your kids are, are able to handle the conversations, pace it, don't answer questions they're not asking. Right. Um, and then as they get a little bit older, though, you need to start going deeper. Go deeper with them. But you got to land in faith. You've got to land in faith. Danielle, thank you for this question. Listeners, please don't forget that you can submit your questions to our podcast by going to our church website, vcob.org, and just click on the link that says Q&A podcast question. Please join us next time when we answer the question, to what extent do you feel a Christian association with the Republican Party has hurt unbelievers' view of Christianity? Christianity.